0: Yes, hello. I am James and Today it's the WNR 362. It's WWE Hell in a Cell. But I am not alone. I am joined by Jaxie Scarlet. How are you doing?
1: How are you? Doing well, thank you. And you, James?
0: Yeah, all good. All good. But this is a very special show today because not only are uh, you join us, as always, with WWE Events also a very special guest, people will remember them from their time, Select Match Pod joins us as well. How are you guys
2: Woo-hoo! doing? Yeah, very well, thanks. Thank you for having us once again. It's becoming an annual tradition that we'll get involved for the uh, Hell in a Cell pay-per-view.
0: Yeah, I know, like I said, it's really, really weird because Jaxie has done every pay per view since last September, apart from Hell in a Cell in October, which was with uh, you guys. Of course, and it's Simon and Chris, if I remember off the top of my head and not reading it.
3: Yeah, that's... That's us. He is si, I am Chris. <laughs> yeah, it's nice, nice to be back, I think. Halloween Halloween special was the last thing we did.
0: Oh, yeah, the, the spook tact. I mean, what you guys been up to? I mean, I know, obviously,
3: you're, you're carrying on with the podcast, but, you know, with that and... Oh, I think, we lost si. yeah. oh, I
1: think
3: we've lost, Yeah, yeah we're, as you say, we're, we're still rolling out through the episodes, still hitting our various match types. We're just getting geared up to start Elimination Chamber as the next series coming up. So a lot of good matches that we're piling through at the moment in prep for that. Well, no, it's good because like I said, you, like you said, you guys are uh, looking at a different
0: match types of course, cool, so That's why we're focusing on uh, Hell in a Cell today. Uh, and this is quite a big question. And this is just for Select's Match Pod at the moment. But what are your thoughts on WWE this year? Just briefly, because obviously we don't want to go into kind of massive detail with it. But how have you f- uh, thought of the product? Has it jumped off a bridge like everybody else's? Has-
2: <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's quite as bad as everyone else is saying. I'll, I'll be honest, James. I do not envy your uh, schedule watching every single second of wrestling that goes on, not just WWE, but everything else. I'm not quite sure how he managed to, to find the time to do it. But um, I, I've, I am not as down on WWE as every, everybody else seems to be at the moment. I know. The main thing is, is, Raw seems to be an endless cycle of rematches every single week. But generally, I'm, I'm not not ready to throw myself off a cliff over it. Let's say.
0: <laughs> what about you, Chris? How they
3: you s- find the product? This it's a w- it's a weird one to be because they seem to have peaks and troughs. Because for every Firefly five, funhouse match or clever adaptation to do Money in the Bank, you have constant reruns of matches every single week. I mean, we'll get onto it during recall when we go through this pay-per-view. But we get a recap of a a show match during the pay-per-view. That's how treading water they are at the moment. So it's weird because, as I say, they show moments where they could be innovative and absolutely brilliant. And then just they're happy just to sit with the same dirge week after week sometimes. I think hopefully they're just treading water until they can get crowds back properly before they start kicking on building,
2: but we'll see. Well, like I said, we live. I think in that's hope. the key. It does. It does feel like a. It does feel like a bit of a holding pattern at the minute. So, like <laughs> Riddle and Orton. Um, the turn um, that's somewhere down the road, it seems to be the slowest, um, slowest story going at the moment. Like it's just the same thing week after week. So,
0: Well, like I said, we, we, are, we live in hope and are hoping that uh, each show will be better. And of course, Jaxie, we usually watch Raw and or talk about Raw and SmackDown before the pay-per-view, but we didn't want to put anybody through it today. So I did it myself at the weekend. Don't worry about that. But um, what have you thought <laughs> of the uh, build-up towards this pay-per-view? Because it? repetitive isn't
1: it i mean i have to agree with both jane uh, with both chris and simon on on their comments i feel like it's got peaks and troughs um there, there's some content across both shows um that that makes you interested in the product however then i i'm i'm slowly but surely just kind of finding at the moment that the end product isn't and isn't worth what we're getting in the build-up um, so I'm. I feel like they're just kind of lacking in certain areas, um, that I hope that is going to pick up uh, with with crowd coming in soon. Um, but we'll just have to kind of see.
0: Yeah, I think without a doubt. And of course, before we got to head in the cell, we had a head in the cell match because you know how that works out. Uh, it was on SmackDown. Uh, <laughs> Roman Reigns versus uh, Rey Mysterio. Uh I'll we'll start, we'll start with oh, Simon. Did you did you see the match and what were your thoughts on it? Uh, and did you? I think you thought exactly the same as kind of everybody else. Of why was this match actually taking place on SmackDown?
2: Yeah, exactly. Um, it was <laughs> it was a bit of an odd one to advertise it um, a few weeks in ahead, and then suddenly was it like Thursday or Wednesday that it changed across the, to, to SmackDown? And that that is was Everyone the only match. That just I just like
1: your baby. Oh, Sorry,
2: that's okay. <laughs> We're gonna also say yeah. everybody <laughs> listening. That was yeah, everybody listening today.
0: You know, we might have a few audio <laughs> issues here and there. But it's fine.
1: Yeah, like, yeah. You know. <laughs> I apologise, I have Twitter up at the same time, and it refreshed my feed, and it's just on a, a story. So, and it clearly was on loud, so I apologise. <laughs> That's fine, sorry.
2: Um, yeah, I, so I only watched the main event of that, and I, there's no way I would have um, caught up on Smackdown if it wasn't for, for recording this today, but I've been at um, Download Festival over the weekend, so I only managed to, to watch Helena in a Cell, um, this morning, uh, as we're recording on the Tuesday, and managed to watch the the main event of that, I um I really enjoyed the the um the Mysterio and um and Reigns match. I thought the way they set up with um, Mysterio relying on weapons and um, sort of desperately um, fighting tooth and nail and and looking like he had Reigns on the ropes for large parts of it was was good storytelling. Um, my only and I think I put this on our on our Twitter. I was I was convinced that something was going to happen with the match to set any sort of st- story line-up for Reigns going into Hell in a Cell, but as I'm sure we'll come on to, um, disappointing in that regard. <laughs> no, well, I, I've really enjoyed
0: Mysterio beating the, the crap out of uh, Roman Reigns, which is something I never thought I'd actually enjoy until I was watching it, and maybe a little bit surprised it happened. I mean, Jackson, what did you think of uh, not SmackDown as such, but just that main event match? Because with Roman Reigns as well, does it lessen the Hell in a Cell paper that he's not going to be on it?
1: I mean, I think that it, it definitely took a huge blow, um, especially for Peacock, uh, who probably were expecting to be sort of advertising this as their main event type match. Um, so I think it did come as a little bit of a shock to then be getting it on Fox um, on the Friday. However, the match itself, as we've said, it, it was really good. Um, I really did enjoy the fact that at one point I did surprisingly go, oh, gosh, is." Is is Rey Mysterio getting one over on him? Is he possibly gonna like pull an upset? But you know, I, I think that is, you know, all down to the wrestlers. Both Rey Mysterio and Roman worked really well together. Um, they pulled us some really great looking stunts as well in there that just kind of gripped you into the match itself even more. Um and overall I thought it was a really good match. Um, I still think that it should it should have been on in a in Cell. I don't know why they did decide to move it over to Fox, but overall,
0: I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I think about that, it was a really, really good match, but I think with Reigns not being the pay-per-view, kind of thinking, well, oh, that think I would have been interested in. But we talk about heading the cell, and of course, it's going to be the last Thunderdome pay-per-view. Uh What are our thoughts on the um, Thunderdome? I mean, Chris, we'll start with you, because obviously, um, you know, <laughs> I want to try and be fair as we go around. How do you think Thunderdome, I, I think it's been quite good for WWE?
3: Yeah, I I think as we were saying earlier with peaks and troughs, it's one of their moments of actual innovation from them. That's completely worked. Once they got rid of all the far right banners and uh, bits and pieces and people who shouldn't be on those kind of cameras doing the stuff they're doing. But mm-hmm. yeah, we need, we needed something. There's only so much absolutely empty, quiet arenas you could take before you switched off from the product completely. And it's not, it's nice. It's, The fact that you do actually get quite an atmosphere in there with just a load of screens is, I think, A, testament to the way they set up, the way they do their sound mixing, and B, testament to the fans who actually do, I imagine, crank it up and try to make an extra effort to actually put some atmosphere into that arena.
0: Yeah, I think that, I think the Thunderdome's been quite good. Did anybody get any um, negative thoughts on it, maybe?
2: <laughs> My only question around it is, every time they introduce a Thunder, Thunderdome, it's always the award-winning Thunderdome. They're not very specific about what award it's won. <laughs> <laughs> it, won <laughs> it won, like, Slammy, Slammy's Innovation of the Year or something. Yeah, I was about to say, sorry, did, it,
3: did, yeah, it did win WWE, WWE's Best Electronic Product 2021. <laughs> I think you're fine. Business
1: nominated by it. WWE. <laughs>
3: yeah. Chosen by the WWE board. Market. It's
0: just, fine. It's I, a... j- I just want a kid to like kind of grow up on this year. And then when the fans do come back, go, I miss having the Thunderdome. <laughs> <laughs> having all these fans
3: here now. <laughs> do you imagine, imagine when you when you show these pay-per-views to people in 30, 40 years and we still got the digital copies? You're going to be turning around going, yeah, this is the year of the great virus when people couldn't leave their houses. And um, so
1: they watched from, from so they the, wa- their screens <laughs> yeah, and yeah. their pyjama bottoms. This this
3: was the way <laughs> entertainment used to be. We used to watch gladiators on big electronic screens <laughs> fight each other.
0: Good old days. The good old days. That's,
3: that's what it will be known
0: as. <laughs> um, so, like I said, we'll move on now to the paper well, just before the 20th of June because, like I said, I love watching extra bits of wrestling as well, so I did put myself through the kickoff, uh, hosted by Kayla Braxton, joined by JBL, Jerry Lawler, and Peter Rosenberg as the panel. Now I don't know if I'm just WWE drunk, but I don't mind the group on the kickoff panel. I don't know if anybody else actually saw the kickoff or has, has seen these kind of guys in fact, but I actually don't mind it.
1: I mean, I've, I've I've seen them on the panel before, but I must admit I didn't watch the pre-show for Hell in a Cell this time around. <laughs>
2: Well, I'm going to get I, through I it. don't <laughs> particularly mind the. Sorry, I was just going to say I don't really mind a pre-show for um, like shows like this where. So, what was the runtime for the actual show? about two two hours forty. Yeah, but two. when you've got it for um, WrestleMania and it's an eight um, when it's not split over two days and it's an eight-hour show anyway, and then you've got a two-hour pre-show, it's that is way too much. So, I, I don't mind it if um, for for smaller ones. But it seems
1: just showing loads of like backstory that we're going to get just before the actual but, like matches themselves anyway on the actual show so it okay.
0: yeah. no i've learned that trick i do fast forward the promo videos now because i'm thinking yeah i'm going to watch this in about an hour's time so i try and <laughs> get by that uh we do see a lot of it but apparently a lot of fans experience streaming issues with the hell in the cell pay per view on peacock uh, and on the kickoff as well about a cd and error but of course um being in the good old UK and having the old WWE Network, we've, and watching it on demand as well, there was kind of no problems uh, from us. This whole Peacock thing sounds like a complete disaster in America at this moment, doesn't it? You know?
3: well, I'm sure WWE don't feel that way with the billions of invested. <laughs> <laughs> they're counting their cash. <laughs> I
1: think mean, they're alright, right? yeah. Yeah, I think it's probably the only Peacock that really are suffering from this. <laughs>
0: Well, we see a lot of video packages, of course, uh, Shania Basler versus Alexa Bliss, uh, and the panel discussed the match as well, a uh, focus for Ray Ripley and Charlotte Flair, we see Seth Rollins and Cesaro, we see Sami Zayn was interviewed backstage, he spoke about karma and he said he's sceptical that existed until he saw what happened with Kevin Owens, and then our kickoff match was Natalia versus Mandy Rose, yes, a match everybody was desperate to see. Um, so how we got here? We'll start with slept match pod. Uh, Natalia versus Mandy Rose. Uh, what, what, how did they get to this this big match? You know, how how did the feud work out basically?
3: Well, they took, they got a lo- they got a load of balls. They put them in a bucket. They do it at random and went there you go. There's your kick off show. It, 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 honestly, it was kind of weird, but.
0: I'm going to make a point later, I think, about this match as well. But we see the inter- early grappling give way to Rose earning the upper hand, grounding the more established competitor work working over a body scissors, then a guillotine. We see nice power by Natalia to get out. She fought back in a match of Rock Rose with Discus Lariat, could not put her away. Reversals, counters, and near falls dominate the closing moments of the match until the Queen of the Hearts trapped her opponent in a sharpshooter, forcing the submission and earning the hard fought victory. Now, did anybody actually see this match and what were their thoughts on it? There
3: you go, silence.
2: You're right. yeah.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, do you know what? <laughs> well, um, yes, as I, as I openly said before, I, defini- I, I, I didn't check out the um, pre show. But I also wasn't too upset when I heard that this was the match that was on there because I've, I, I too am questioning why well, we're having a match.
0: This. this happened because it kicked off on raw because they were arguing about whether they're going to be left for looks or therefore because of their surname which is a kind of nice way to do it but it just shows there are no women tag teams left and we need more women on the main roster and as for the match i mean it was okay but it was like a performance center match you know where each one of them had the moves that they were going to use in their head and were just literally going through the kind of the motions but uh, is Natalia underappreciated?
3: I think that would be fair to say, wouldn't it? I think she's a great talent. No, she, Natal- Natalia's, perf- Natalia's a perfectly good talent. It's it's like anything with the b If you can't do the mic work at the same time and they just yeah. don't have anything for you, you're going to get buried. You're going to find yourself on the pre show. We've seen much better talents than Natalia get absolutely buried along the way. So, you know what? She's still there. She's picking up a paycheck. She's doing her job. I'm sure she's fraud
1: still to be there I mean again I feel like um, I feel like Natalia deserves probably a lot more than what she's getting on the show because of how much of a veteran she is how much she probably does for the company especially training new talent as well and working with new talent however I have to agree that her mic work doesn't remotely like jump make us jump out wanting her within like sort of a main title picture, picture role um, I don't know if that is maybe down to needing a whole character change or not um, or just more practice time on the mic but sometimes I'm, I'm, I do struggle with getting behind some of Natalia's promos but that's not to say that she is not a good wrestler in the ring, she really is and she, you can see it but um, what, when my work and wrestling work doesn't add up together sometimes you are kind of left down to the, le- the, the lesser matches that might not be in a title picture role. I mean, she's very lucky at the moment. She's got the tag team titles at the moment. So I think she's doing predominantly well for what she could be doing.
0: Yeah, I think that's excellent. Like I said, and then the kickoff finished, and we started the main card. And we see, the course, of video package featuring um, a female DJ talking about Helen herself. Very warrior esque. If anybody had seen that film. One of my favourite films of all time as well. Uh, and we see Ozzy Osbourne, Straight to Hell, played. Pyro shut off around the of, uh, venue. Uh, so with our select match project, goes Simon. Because you, you're you interested in the promo videos and stuff like that, aren't you? I mean, what did you think of the opening?
2: Yeah, i, I normally a big fan of um, of them. I quite liked this. Um, it, we've, we talked about this last year, and it's always going to be the same thing when they've got um, Hell in a Cell as a, it's a standalone pay-per-view as, a, as opposed to having um, them come together, having having a cell matches come together organically. But I thought they did a good job here. The only thing I would say is they it did go on uh, the the opening promo for quite uh, for quite a while, considering that we got almost exactly the same promo video before each of the individual individual matches. So I think you can either have one or the other, but having both is it feels like Are you still there, James? Yeah, my connection is unstable, much <laughs> oh, like myself I'm
0: <laughs> at this am in time. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like I said, we've got to be lots of stuff like this. Um, yeah, I, like I said, we'll, we'll move on because uh, I didn't hear anything, but we'll move on next to excitement level and the match most looking forward to. We'll go to Chris for that one.
3: Right. No, no one's going to agree with me with this because I love everything Alexa Bliss has been doing recently with the whole, with the whole. Spooky character, and I love the fact that it's not just wrestling, and I love all the goofball horror stuff they're doing with it. So that's actually was my pick for the card tonight. See, well, I mean, does anybody else have Bliss and Baszler as the match they're most looking forward to? I think
2: mean, Simon. Did you... anyone else in the world? Or <laughs>
3: <laughs> you're just you're just not the independent free thinker. I am. That's fine. You go round Lashley against.
0: Well, my match was Natalia versus Mandy Rose,
2: but you all buried it, so I'm not. That's
1: gonna that's that's gorgeous. <laughs> <that's fortunate. But laughs> Believe that for a second.
2: Uh, so well, my, mine was sorry. quite well, not not an obvious one with the main event. Um, I d- will never get bored of watching Sami Zayn and Kev- Kevin Owens. That's that's a good answer, mm. Jaxi?
1: Yeah, I mean, I was thinking of that match, but I think I was uh, mostly looking forward to seeing uh, Bianca Belair and uh, Bailey in the Hell in a Cell.
0: Well, we're going to start off with that match as we see Michael Cole and Pat McAfee on commentary. We'll go into detail about those two in a little bit. But like I said, Jackson, we've seen uh, Bianca Belair versus Bailey. Have this feud, Mm -hmm. we were moaning about maybe the feud not reaching a certain level. Have you thought of the Mm build-up towards Headless Elbow with these two women? And were you more excited at this point than you were at WrestleMania Backlash?
1: So I think ultimately... My excitement level more came from the fact that it was like seeing someone that's not one of the four horse women within um, as a woman being in a hell in a cell. Um, I I still feel like there there wasn't enough build up to really have be having them in a hell in a cell. Although the match itself, like we will start to talk about soon, really kind of pretty much makes up for that. Um, I think that the feud definitely needs to kind of be over and done with now um, because I don't think that there's any need for it to carry on. But I also feel like there really wasn't enough to carry on this feud in order for this to have taken place. That being said, I loved this match.
0: Yeah, well, we're going to get to it right now because we see Bailey trying to utilise the chair. Of course, we know a history there when it comes inside the head in a cell. Of course, hair versus chair. There's going to be a lot of this. So, Bianca started strong <laughs> until Bailey targeted her opponent's arm. She better use the kendo stick and the sunset flip powerbomb as she dominated the action. Again, a nice callback to the kendo sticks with Blair putting Bailey through them, uh, set up between the cage and the ring. And I love talking to Michael Cole as well. We see Blair... Being beaten around, fought back and tied her own head to Bailey's wrist, making it easy to beat her around ringside. She was hair cuffed. Michael Cole actually said that. Uh, it's a new idea for a strap match, though. I think that would be great. Uh, but late in the bout, Bailey introduced a ladder. Got <laughs> to prove her downfall. She nearly won with a rose plant on the ladder, but Blair delivered a cent on to lower back and finished the roller off with a sickening KOD on the opening ladder for the definitive victory. So, Simon,
2: what were your thoughts on that? So first of all jack 's comments about the um the build is exactly right is laughing at someone enough to build a hell in a cell match around i don 't think it really is <laughs> um but yeah i I really enjoyed the match um It started off um with um Belair almost looking to, to get a quick win, which um, felt a little bit odd, but um, yeah, it, it developed nicely. The hair spots were a nice callback, uh, were, were nice to see, and the callback um, spot with the double kendo stick was, was good as well. Um, a couple of stop, spots in this one that really stood out, though, the uh, Sunset flip power bomb into the cell that Bailey um, hit, and then the, the KOD into the ladder, which was sort of set on its side. That looked absolutely brutal. I, yeah. yeah, I really enjoyed this one. It was very well, you, Jack? So, I mean, like you said, the match kind of took over, then, didn't it?
1: Yeah, definitely. I think that, um, as as you guys said, um, it was like a a really fast at the at the at first, and I thought, oh gosh, like, how is this just going to be kind of like sloppily put together? But it really was like a really good build up, and I must admit, I just absolutely love Bailey as a heel. Um, I i 'm a huge fan of her staying here forever. Um, I, I really enjoyed like sort of her telling Michael Cole to shut up constantly throughout um, the commentary, commentary going on and uh, yeah, just everything to do with the ladders just absolutely absolutely brutal um, fair play to both women. I think they did great in, in the match.
2: I think without a doubt, I enjoyed watching. just one thing about the commentary oh, in this one. So, sorry, I was just going to say one thing about the commentary that I noticed on this one. Pat McAfee at one point sounded exactly like Mr. Corman from Scrubs. He's the, the guy that goes, "Hello, Laverne." He said so many. What uh. pops into my head once, and I just couldn't get it out of my head after that for the entire night. No, like, so you said
1: it, that was my EOM for the whole thing.
0: Well, as long as it's not my machines, my machines, then we'll be all right, I suppose. But. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> We like I said, I enjoy watching both of these women wrestle. The finish looked fantastic. It was a great match. Really good way to open up the show. Uh, so, Wiggs, um, Chris, I want to know your score out of five and your thoughts on the match as I'm not leaving you out.
3: No, it's there's very little now that now that those two have uh, <laughs> picked the meat off it. You just I'm just left with a bare bite. No, but, you know You know I love Bailey anyway. She was my MVP of um, Hell in a Cell last year. Absolutely phenomenal. And again, another really strong performance for her. The callback stuff was great. Anyone telling Michael Cole to shut up, I can completely get on board with. Don't, don't even need to tell him. Just give him abuse. Just scream at him. I'll be, I'll be buying your <laughs> merchandise. It's absolutely fine. But yeah, she was great. Belair looks a million dollars every time I've seen a wrestle. So I'm giving this a very solid three and a half out of five from me.
0: Three and a half. Simon, what are you going to give out of five? Same three and a half and a half. Jaxie?
1: see, I'm going to be nice. I'm actually giving it a 4.5 because it was probably one of my favorites of the, of the night.
0: Yeah, I'm going to give it a four and a quarter as well. Um, just because like I said we're a lot nicer than Slep Match Pod when it, comes- <laughs>
2: <laughs> it wasn't that long ago that we covered a whole series of Hell in a Cell matches, so I feel like I've been spoiled by them to, <laughs> to make a comparison against the two. But
0: so, prediction wise. Uh, of course uh we faced off with select match pod. Come on team WNR. Uh let's go. <laughs>
2: let's go. Um, I'll just point out that you actually you actually put, you actually faced off against Chris. I had nothing to do with these predictions. I'd have well, obviously taken I credit feel if feel like we won, Chris but...
1: spoke on behalf of you as we are part of the team.
2: And to be fair um, yeah. to
0: Chris that bus that just came up he just free
2: off
3: it, mate. I'm not going to i'm just i'm just gonna point out as as a team player not only for select match but also for as the wrestling community podcasters as a whole i looked down on my predictions and realized we had an exact matching set and i was like (laughs) i was like right there was gonna be no there's gonna be no fun here so i changed one of my predictions just so that someone would actually win
0: <laughs> yeah, you keep telling yourself that. Was kind of
1: you. <laughs> that was very kind of you. That was very kind of you.
0: Right, so anyway, we both went for Belair. When I say both, of course, let Match Pod and the WR. So it's one all. We are locked at one all uh, as we go towards the polls. We ask somebody who went win- for Belair. And then we see her getting interviewed as well. Briefly, she said she would never forgive Bailey. Um, but what's next for both? Simon, what do you think's next for Belair and Bailey? Will it continue this?
2: feud or do they'll go in a separate way? I think they'll they'll move, be moved apart. Um, I, I'm really not sure who who's next to face Bella. To be honest, I don't know um, what you guys think, but I I think the Money in the Bank. Uh, whoever wins the the Money in the Bank match, it could be a very quick um, setup for the next feud for, from that. But I, I'm not really sure who who is next next in line to face it. it.
3: It seems like all the big women's stars are tied up in other bits and pieces. So unless they're going to wrap up one of these other by-to-by feuds pretty quickly and have someone go from there, or if they're going to push someone up from NXT, I've no idea. As you say, it's kind of an odd one. I'm at a loss who's actually going to be picking her up next. It's got to be a heel, though. They're, they're, not, they're, not yeah, yeah. they're, they're not going to switch her, so it's got to be someone coming up. It's got to be a heel the face of But as you say, we've not got anyone really around he wasn't doing much.
2: No. I, think, I think the Smackdown Women's Division more than anything else is ready for a draft.
1: Agreed.
0: Yeah, I mean, the, the state of the Smackdown Women's Division is a bit of a joke. But I, I look at Bianca Belair and I think she might work better as a heel or do <laughs> they in the Women's Division, Jackson? What do you reckon?
1: I don't know. I don't think... I, I think that we... It sh- I think she could pull off a heel role. However, I feel like we've had so many different face and heel turns lately that I I don't feel like it would make sense to turn her heel right now, um, but but I do agree we do need some sort of new heel to come in and actually be considered some form of threat. I mean I I if they if they even contemplate trying to again repush Carmella at this moment in time in this situation, it's just not going to work. And the only other two that I can really think of at the moment on SmackDown is Mandy Rose and Dana Brooke, and neither of them should be facing the likes of Bianca Belair right now and especially as in solos they're not they're they're not as up to speed in terms of I don't think a lot of people would actually believe that they genuinely have a shot so uh, yeah unless we've got someone coming up from NXT or 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 a draft happens I'm I really can't see who's going to be the next sort of opponent for Bianca but I am intrigued to
0: find out who it will be. As I said it is going to be interesting times ahead. A uh, quick side note, uh, slip match pods, thoughts of start with you, Simon on the commentary team. I put Adam Burke and I've quickly scribbled it out. Uh, Jimmy Smith and uh, Pat McAfee. What are your thoughts on them? And do you think that actually brings something? Cause Jackson's got quite some strong opinions about certain people. Oh,
1: uh- not, not, so, no, okay. But Pat, I must click <laughs> quick real quick. Sorry to cut you off. Um, I just want to say, no, Pat, Pat McAfee has yeah, been defend. actually slowly but surely changing my mind. I, I have been enjoying him. Ooh. So, yeah, I thought I'd just quickly point that.
2: Um, so first of all, Jimmy Smith. I think uh, Vince McMahon has seen old UFC tapes, seen Joe Rogan, and gone, get me that guy. And they've just gone for the closest, <laughs> the, the next available. Give that actually.
3: guy, but cheaper. Yeah, exactly.
2: Um, he he looks a bit like him. He sounds very similar to him. So yeah, I think they've they've tried to bring in um, bring in Joe Rogan and, and failed. Um, <laughs> Pat McAfee. I sometimes um, I I think I'm in the same boat to be honest. I I wasn't a fan um, to start with, um, but gradually he seems. I, I like the way he tries to relate things to um, le- legitimate sports. Um, Quite often, and obviously, with him being former NFL player, then he's in a position to do that. So I think he does add add some legitimacy in that yeah, legitimacy in that um, respect. But he's still a bit annoying. I think.
1: Uh, do you, do you and know? Let's not talk about Michael Cole. As you know my feelings of... anyway. <laughs> I, I feel like uh, Pat McCaffrey reminds me of that commentator from the movie Dodgeball. You know the one that's just kind of like, <laughs> uh, like comes out with really. He's wearing random a blindfold.
2: Shit. It's an interesting <laughs> approach. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see who <if> pays <laughs> Yeah.
1: Do you know yeah. who I'm on about? <laughs> just the yeah, the uh, really Jason kind
3: of... Jason Bateman. Yeah. <laughs> yes, oh, yeah. his
1: character. <laughs> it's just really funny because of, uh, for some reason, because that's all you could, all you can hear is Pat's voice. <laughs> for some reason, I think of him.
3: With you saying sorry about Smith and his his calling like kind of a UFC kind of match coin. do we think WWE are just trying to confuse Brock and get him back full time <laughs> are they just gonna be like they're gonna have they're gonna have him there they're gonna replace the ring just slowly with an octagon and they hope that Brock just won't notice he's actually back in WWE
2: he will be like yeah I can't believe how many well, UFC so matches I've won SummerSlam's in Vegas and it's on a Saturday night so it's it's basically UFC already
0: well, I want to see the camera where they look at the commentary team react to what's just happened in room. <laughs> kind of oh! like, I, just, I mean, that's, that's the next step, really, isn't it? And everything that we want.
3: But anyway, enough about commentary. I don't want to see Michael Cole. <laughs> say, I don't want to see Michael Cole on screen for a second. <laughs>
0: we'll, we'll move on because obviously we've got Cole angst. But um, we see uh, and <laughs> in a playground saying, careful what you wish for and expect the unexpected. And then we get Video package setting up Seth Rollins versus Cesaro. Before we get to the match, uh, Chris, I'll ask you, what are and uh, on, on the way to this match right now?
3: So you broke up completely there. I can't hear you at all. Your thoughts on the feud between
0: Seth Rollins and Cesaro before we get into the match?
3: All right, okay. Yes, yeah, so it's, it feels like WrestleMania was forever ago since these, uh, with these two guys still going at it. To be honest... With the way the match, I know, without getting hugely into how the match goes, it went a couple of months ago. Cesaro wins and is on a massive push, and it's like, okay, great, Cesaro's getting what he deserves. We know he's he's ridiculously talented. We all want him to have a major push. I'm assuming, I'm assuming no one's got any Cesaro ants and just wants to see him fail. But by the time we got by the time we got to this one. I'm not sure why we're having it apart from the fact they can just get out of the way and both competitors can now move on to other things, I'm assuming.
0: Well, it just seems weird that, you know, Cesaro had the Universal title match at WrestleMania Backlash and then, like I said, you're going straight back in to the kind of uh, Seth Rollins feud. But we'll get on with the match and we see Rollins attacking Cesaro during his entrance, immediately putting the Swiss Superman on the defensive. I do like a fast start, but outside of a few spurts of offense from Cesaro, Rollins dominated the action. And, of course, seeking to avenge his WrestleMania 37 loss. But the Swiss superstar fought back, using uppercuts and jabs to stun the architect. Rollins re-established of the match by but Cesaro delivered a swing. He looked for the sharp shoot within a cross face, but Rollins ultimately out-wrestled him with a roll-up for the pinfall victory. And afterwards, Rollins gloated, so he headed up the ramp and said, everything is even. Uh, Jaxie, what were your thoughts on that match-up?
1: I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a really good match. I think Cesaro and Seth Rollins work really well together. Um, I... It, uh, the ending annoyed me. <laughs> um, I just think that these wrestlers deserve so much better than these goddamn roll-up pins.
3: But at least
0: you know you're watching
1: WWE. See, I don't
3: mate. mind Wiley.
1: Yeah, but at pay-per-view events, it's like, come on. Sorry, like, Chris. We, we, we had like a really good match. Sorry, no, we sorry. had a really good match at um, you know, WrestleMania between them and they wanted to carry this on. And it's kind of... Like, like, when you, when you end a match in a roll-up pin, you're kind of thinking, okay, so we're going to get this match again at, down down the road at some point, you know? And I don't really want it to be that Cesaro is stuck just in an ongoing feud with Seth Rollins. I
3: was gonna, yeah, I mean, good point. I was just going to say I have no problem with, the, with a Wiley veteran with a roll-up pin. I, if anything, people, when you want WWE to look more realistic at times and go, yeah, that's completely believable that the the veteran with on quick roll-up and a pin. As I say, I'm more annoyed that with Rollins winning, this does nothing but harm Cesaro. It, Rollins could have easily take, just taken this loss. Cesaro, they could have moved on. It wouldn't have yeah. damaged Rollins. But this just now just blunts Cesaro. And as you say, there's a danger that they either move away from each other and it's just Cesaro couldn't get it done against Rollins for this one. Or we're just sticking a holding pan with him again with a third match. And as much as I love watching him wrestle, I don't have a huge amount of interest in seeing him with nothing
1: on the line. Mm. I, I just, I also just going on from that, it just kind of leaves Cesaro at a sort of uh, crossroads uh, as to which directions he's really going to go if he's just kind of forever stuck in this ongoing feud with Seth Rollins. And if he is meant to be getting a push, this isn't the way to be doing it. He should be winning his matches one, two, three, pinfalls or submissions
0: yeah but it wouldn't be WWE a rubber match you know and I think the match wasn't maybe as good as obviously the WrestleMania match but I'm enjoying Rollins's character work a lot more uh, at this moment in time and even more than Cesaro at this point uh Simon what's your score out of five and what are your thoughts
2: I really enjoyed this match so I've gone uh exactly the same as the first match three and a half the one the two notes that I did make um that we haven't really discussed. So Michael Cole at one point says that rolling stomp costs Cesaro days of his career. That's not a a big thing when he works week to week anyway. Uh, And also Cesaro having the sharpshooter and the crossface in his arsenal seems like he's a creator wrestler that's just gone, I'll I'll have the best moves from every single person. But yeah, I I really enjoyed this one. Three and a half stars. Uh, Chris, what were you scoring it? It was... Perfectly fine match, but
3: I've given it slightly less than sigh i I've given it three stars just because it was workmanlike, but it was nothing spectacular. Okay, the nice WNR Jack C. Do you want to start us off.
1: Yep, um I'm gonna. I, uh, I think I'm gonna agree with Chris on this and go with three, three, just because I think that that the ending for me really did let it down because of I just kind of came out with questions you know, about as to where things are going to go for Cesaro at this point. And I'm a huge fan of Cesaro's. So, yeah, I'm going to give it a three.
0: Uh, I'm going to give it a three and three quarters because when you get these two guys in the ring, it's just good. Like I said, it would add more if it meant something, even if it was a normal contendership match or or something like that, as opposed to just kind of Mm -hmm. this is going to continue a feud because like I said, with WWE, I think they think fans watch the match and go, I want to see this match six more times in the next month. That's what I want, so I mean, that's not me. They're thinking of it.
3: <laughs> well, that's 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 why it confused me with Cybert saying, um uh, Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens was his pick of the uh, pick of the night. I was like, yeah, that was mine too, 87 matches ago. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, <laughs> prediction wise, um, select so match pod went Cesaro and the WNR went Seth Rollins 2 1 team WNR, but now we know. That live results for Throne, anyway.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Max, fi- Max bitching. Max Yeah, Match fixing. It. cheap thing, easy for me. I,
3: for t- I, t- I tell you what, I, I, I talk about bet. I had a look on the sky, the sky betting odds for a lot of the matches, just because I was curious. Because ever since. Lesnar beat the Undertaker at a thousand to one or everywhere. I like, to, like I like, i have a look just to see if anything jumps out at me. You can, you could not have got more odds on for every result of these matches on Sky uh, Really, either it's really, either it's just that predictable, or they're just I mean, feeding, feeding yeah. them the odds and you're going, yeah, this is going to happen because you for this one, I think you for Rollins, I think yeah, for this one for Rollins to win. I think you're having to put on about £14 to get a pound back. And it's just like, yeah, that's uh, not worth not worth my money.
1: Yeah.
0: Well, we see Cole McAfee speaking at ringside, McAfee playing out that Money in the Bank course is taking place in front of fans. Do you think people will tell McAfee to sit down once they're back in the arena? Because that would really annoy me if I couldn't see the action <laughs> because he's standing. Like, Pat, just sit down, mate, all right? like.
2: Anyway, uh, and then we should the be Otto here. in the uh, <laughs> Otto at the rock gig uh, sit down you 're ruining it for everyone <laughs>
0: uh, and then we see the kickoff panel, uh, which no one cares about, and then we get a video package setting up Alexa Bliss versus Shania Baszler. Yes, the match Chris is looking forward to more than anything else in the here end. we go <laughs> <laughs> this is dream match um, how we got here? What are your thoughts on Lily Lynn and to this point
3: up until this matchup right. <laughs> It's, it, this is difficult because while I appreciate that the the actual storyline and what they've done is not to everyone's taste, for a diehard horror fan such as myself and a diehard Alexa Bliss fan, this ticks all the boxes. When they paired with Bray Wyatt and The Fiend originally, it looked like they were just using it to prop up The Fiend and keep that going a little while longer. I don't think anyone could have predicted how well Bliss carries this on without Wyatt alongside her. I don't think anyone knew how good, not only in the ring, but how good a performer and actress, Alexa Bliss, actually is when it comes to pulling off this kind of role. So, i say, people may, may think it's cheesy. They may hate the fact it has nothing to do with wrestling whatsoever at times. But for me, this is... I'm happy to give me give me Rollins, Cesaro, and Sane, Owens. That's great. I can appreciate the wrestling then, but give me something alongside them that I'm absolutely going to enjoy just the bonkers nature of what they're doing. I've, I definitely
2: see your point there.
0: You know, uh, Simon or Jackson, do you, do you think this is just a step too far? Or do you think there's a kind of uh, an end game
2: to it, so to speak? So at the moment, it feels like for me, Alexa Bliss is in a bit of a holding pattern until the Fiend comes back. Um, there's been rumours about why the Fiend is away, um, and I don't really, really want to get into them. But I think, yeah, I, I just can't see um, what's going to happen with Bliss until, until the Fiend comes back. The, the, w- the worst thing about the build for this was the um, Lily appearing in the mirror, and it came. It was a Throwback to Hogan versus Warrior in WCW, where um, Warrior just appeared in the mirror. Hogan turns around, then he's not there anymore, and that was quite cringy. I, I do I know what Chris is saying with it's nice to have something completely different, and being a horror fan as he is, it's it ticks his boxes, but it seems to be dragging a little at the moment.
1: Yeah, I mean, I feel like I'm a little bit in in amongst both of your comments there because I am a very huge horror fan myself, um, especially a horror gamer. I love everything like Resident Evil and everything like that. Um, so everything to with The Fiend, even when Alexa first joined The Fiend, has been absolutely great. Um, I feel like my issue is more of like a biased issue towards Shayna because I am a huge, huge fan of Shayna, and I absolutely loved her dominant uh, entry into... Sort of the main roster. When that came, when it came to um, elimination chamber, she took out everyone. And so this is is this a good why... chance to plug
2: our elimination Chim- chamber series? Sorry to jump over you. <laughs>
1: <in>. It's really <laughs> what? Yeah. So that? as Chris
2: as Chris mentioned, yeah, uh, next, no, Matt, no, I'll I'll, yeah, is.
3: I got I got straight into it at the start. We were we were plugging her a, plugging a, away with the elimination chamber series that we're doing next, mm. don't worry I take. I'm a PR machine when I come on I, these things. It's fine. It's, like, it's, like,
0: it. <laughs> right it's not an issue. And of course, Elimination Chamber of was reviewed by Jackson myself, if you want to go back to <laughs> the in our library as well. So, <laughs> Yeah,
1: yeah, definitely. Nice. You will probably hear half of the comments that I'm bringing up here about how dominant Shayna came across, how much of a strong contender she looked at, either uh, Becky at the time, or I forget who it was on Smackdown who was running, who was champion at the time. But Shayna was in such a good position and to see... How far in my eyes she's dropped, and that's not because of Alexa Bliss, but more the storyline with this being about a doll and everything like that. Just to have Shayna involved in this, it's, I'm, I have been very disappointed because I, this is not what I saw going for her. Um, Shayna is an absolute beast, and they're just really, in my opinion, not using her in the best way they could be. So I, I, I do think that I was disappointed in the the match, but it's not because of I don't enjoy both women. I still think the Alexa Bliss, uh, uh, sort of like creepiness, uh, character works, and I would like to see what what's going to kind of come up with this. I know that Nikki Cross is potentially going to get involved in in you know trying to sort her out, maybe who knows. And even if the Fiend comes back, I'd love to see kind of what what other creative input that they could both have with each other. Um, however. I, I, I just need this t- with Shayna to be over because I need Shayna to actually uh, like cut off Naya and Reginald and I need her to go back to the dominant Shayna that she was. And I'd like to have Marina and uh, uh, Jasmine Duke back by her side like it
0: was in NXT. Can we have that please? Uh well, oh, I think I has been released, but like I said, maybe she'd come back at some point. I know, point. but please. But Basil might win this match. You just don't know. So we'll find out. Like it's so close. We, we see it. <laughs> well, Basil took the fight to Bliss from the opening bell. The goddess responded with laughter, smiles, and further mind games. Basler doubled down, target the left arm of the opponent with a sickening stomp, only for Bliss to menacingly laugh it off. Bliss fought back hypnotised Nia Jax into slapping Reginald. Jax, of course, would have done it anyway and escaped the keratutic clutch <laughs> and delivered Sister Abigail DDT to Baszler. She followed
3: with Twisted Bliss for the win. Chris, what were your thoughts on this? It was... See, I I was, say, I was really looking forward to this, but it wasn't amazing. It was perfectly fine with what they did with, I say, Alexa Bliss doing all the stuff she normally does. Does it absolutely brilliantly. The little spider crawl across the ring. Brilliant. Nia Jax, um, I'm impressed that Nia Jax had a time in that well with Alexa Bliss when she hit Reginald. That is, They were absolutely simpatico. Yeah. As I say, I understand as well with Baszler, she's being wasted in this. Because as I say, I could watch Bliss just pick off any, anyone from the card and just go through absolute nobodies rather than actually using someone of Baszler's quality At this point, as I say, did everything I was looking for it to do, but that's it. It was no uh, Randy Orton Bliss, let's say that. (laughs) Simon, anything to add to that? No,
2: um, I think the only other thing that I'd add with um, Bliss using mind control on Nia Jax is once you bring mind control into it, you're slightly overpowered and you can literally do anything you want. (laughs) She's literally the new Undertaker with
0: added hypnosis. Like, that's kind of what (laughs) you want. Uh, the only bright- the, the oh, only God. other
2: thing, sorry, I was going to say the only other thing, like, what's next for Alexa Bliss? Because surely this is going to be the end of the, the Basel feud now. Um, so unless The Fiend is going to return imminently, I, I'm just no idea what's going to be next for Alexa Bliss.
0: No, but I mean, the only bright side out of this, and of course, the kickoff match as well, if you include it, out of the seven matches, four of them were women's, and there was kind of no big deal about this made. Because I know there's a lot of talk about Evolution pay-per-view, and of course, NWA doing their own women's pay-per-view. But I think this just shows you that they like this, and Mm. have like four women's matches, and it's kind of, it's accepted, which is fantastic, considering where it was kind of back in the day to where it is now as well
1: agreed it would just be nice if they actually put the effort in to create actual decent storyline around it um rather than just kind of more focusing on just kind of randomly putting them together but i do agree that you know they're there's definitely spacing out and having a lot more female matches but just make make us care about them more you know
0: yeah i think are you gonna score this five out of five then
1: <laughs> <laughs> you're having a laugh
3: I want to hear Chris's uh, Chris's score first let's go with Chris's score I'm yeah this this for me as much as I was looking forward to it is probably the weakest match on the card still as I it does everything that I wanted it to but not not enough as I say it was it was fine could have done a lot more of Lexi, but she's far more talented than she showed here I'm only giving this one two and a half which absolutely kills me
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, Simon what are you going to score it?
2: I'm going one and a half
1: Oh, Simon! Simon, that—that's low.
2: Go on, Jackie. <laughs> Sorry, were, were you? <laughs>
1: yeah, well, I thought I was half. actually rating it. I thought, I thought I was going to rate it bad Five-star because classic. I was going to rate it yeah. at a two, but Simon went one.
2: <laughs> I actually wrote down one point seven five, but as we were talking about it, it's dropped a, a quarter <laughs> in my mind. So. i
3: that. I've done that. Good job of selling it, Geo. I've locked off quarter staff yes,
2: of in the back. <laughs> Do you know what? You, you are the PR master, there, Chris.
0: I thought this is very similar, uh, similar to Steamboat and Flair. I actually really, really enjoyed this one. No, I'm, I'm actually mm-hmm. going to give this a two and a half out of five as well because it was what it was. When hypnosis is involved, mm-hmm. really, you can't really say much else. Prediction wise, we both went Bliss, so it's three to. Poll wise, eighty uh, five percent to Alexa Bliss, and we see McIntyre showing backstage. Uh, and then we got on to Kevin Owens versus Sami Zayn. So, Simon, this is the match you're most looking forward to. Uh, how did <laughs> you get here? What was your thought on the feud? And uh, why were you looking forward to this match so much?
2: Well, the main reason I was looking forward to it is because of the work they've done together in the past. I know it's an, an overused um, feud that they go back to time and time again when there's almost nothing else. But that was the main reason I was looking forward to to this one. Um, how we got here. So, Sami Zayn has for months now been talking about the conspiracies that are, I can't wait to see the documentary that's coming out about it, if it ever actually airs, which I'm sure it won't, but yeah, so he wanted um, Kevin Owens to back him up Um, Kevin Owens didn't agree so he's been considered a co-conspirator or rat, as Pat uh, McAfee calls him later on which I wasn't a huge fan of, but um, yeah, so this this was set up and just, I think it was a smackdown before where Kevin Owens took um, two Nigerian nail Essentially Umargus Thumb from back in the day, uh from Assis who's obviously working with um completely forgotten his name. For Apollo Cruz, yep. Yeah. Um <laughs> what I would say about that, that the story of having a giant bodyguards aligned with someone would be really good if it was original and hadn't happened two months ago with Omar and AJ Styles.
0: I think this is the thing. And how many big men with the kind of little guys, so to speak, have actually been a success? And this is that I think me and Jax talked about kind of a couple of months ago, With that it doesn't work. Like they kind of just, whoever's by their side of whatever superstar, we've seen it with tag teams as well. Oh, that's a three man unit now, and they'll just get released or just disappear and it won't matter like Split doesn't you know yes it's not it worked. quite Diesel and Sean. I've Michaels, had to say <laughs> that's yeah, like the exactly. last time this worked it? yeah
3: it's just like I, I, I appreciate the idea but I don't think it's going to get there you know but I like the fact we're recycling ideas from 25 years ago I'm just waiting now Papa Shango to turn back up in a minute we'll be uh, good to go well, you say that we had hypnosis <laughs> so in it, so the last match else. yeah <laughs> <laughs> As long as we don't have anyone blacking up, it's fine. I'm all right. <laughs> yep. All right, so
0: we uh, start off with Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn then, and stronger through Zayn about in the ring and out, including a lovely flip bump by Zayn. Zayn really... T- I watch him sometimes and go, that's just really nice what you're doing. Uh, but we see KO still reeling from, of course, the Nigerian nail uh, that he had. He was on the defensive through the early portion after Zayn took advantage. Owens nurse's arm speculated his arm, speculate to be a shoulder... Or wrist injury. I love it when they go, he's hyperextended it. It takes me back. It's just like, I've never heard it anywhere else apart from wrestling. Uh, and you know what about a one-armed man in a fight? But he mounted a comeback, missed a swan tom off the apron. Summer reversed the stunner, but wasn't so lucky on the outside. Both men beat the count. Then each other in the center of the ring, busting Zayn's mouth. That was really cool. And then Summer used his round sprinted across the ring. delivered a, yeah. a halluva kick for the victory. And afterwards, Zayn laughed. While talking about karma, going to the announce table and spitting some blood on the page of Cole's notes, which made Chris happy, and that Zane held in his hand, and afterwards saying he didn't believe him. Uh, So, Simon, what were your thoughts
2: on this matchup? As I say, thoroughly enjoyed it. Um whether they needed the the story um of the, the neck injury or throat injury going into it, I'm I'm not quite sure. I, I guess that's more because since the pay per view, um, Kevin Owens has come out and said that he's gonna take some time away, right? Yeah, it looks like he's uh, gonna So take yeah, some I think time. that was the, the reason to yeah, so I think that was the reason to sort of play the injury angle. But these two just know each other so well. The chemistry they have is is incredible and yeah, I could could watch them for days and as you say the selling um, particularly of the Irish whips at the start of the match from Sami Zayn um, yeah sort of bouncing off, off the off the turnbuckle and flipping into the ring it was insane
0: it really really was nice Zayn and Holmes will fight forever uh, but I mean I had a crazy thought will they both get like a kind of Wrestlemania 20 moment because I'm not saying the similarities but if you look at you know Guerrero and Benoit as they were and it so oh, will they get the kind of respect then the kind of work. And I see a comparable there between the two. Do you think Zayn and Owens will get the credit? I mean, I'll ask um, uh, Jackson, I'll ask you. Do you think they will get the credit that I think they deserve to have that kind of moment in the spotlight?
1: I mean, I I have to agree with you there. I absolutely enjoy both of uh, these wrestlers. in the ring. They could fight for years on end and I probably wouldn't get bored. I'd actually still enjoy every single match. Um, however, I'm not sure whether or not they will get the opportunity to sort of have that, that moment to shine at, at the same time. I think that they both will, will have their time to shine like that. Um, but I'm not sure whether or not it will be around the same time. There's just too many, there's too many other wrestlers that are sort of involved and others that kind of probably deserve it just as much. Um, so I don't know if they might have gone past their moment to have kind of both been champions alongside one another.
2: What would be classic Owens is if he, if they had the moment and he turned on him. That yes. would be <laughs> such... Kevin. Oh my God, if
1: they did... Oh, that would be great. That would be great if they could do that. to NXT all over no, I mean, it, it's it? not. I mean, it's, it's not like yeah, they... Exactly.
3: I mean, for people who you've worried that they've missed their spot, I mean, Kofi Kingston showed that it can be done. Mm. WWE, even if it seems that you've been there that long that your moment has come and passed to get that big WrestleMania moment and that big push it can happen whether it'll happen mm. for both of them at the same time yeah. probably unlikely they're gonna because they'd have to run similar storylines to have them both go that way so yeah. probably not both but one of them yes could see it happening
1: I could see it like I could see both having the opportunity but it will I, I just see it more happening at different op, at different times
0: Right, so we move on to scores then of this matchup. And uh, Chris, what are you going to give Owens and Zane out of five?
3: I feel with my scores, I'm in the same holding pattern as, I, as a Zane <laughs> and Rollins are against Zane and Rollins, Zane and Owens are against each other. I'm, it's a perfectly good match. You wouldn't expect anything less from these two, but it's still only a three star match for myself.
2: Three. Simon? Three and a half stars. I thought you were going to give it exactly the same holding pattern as in the same score that you've given the other matches, but that's what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> Jaxie?
1: Yeah, I'm going to give it a 3.5. It was a really enjoyable match. Uh,
0: I'm going to give it a... <laughs> bloody hell, I gave it a 4. I must have really <laughs> enjoyed it at the time. So there you go. Uh, see, imagine if they're mm-hmm. to fight over, eh? Uh, predictions, we both went Owens, so it's 3-2 still for the WNR. And um, poll wise Owens has got 67%. Uh, and then we see... Um, Obviously, highlights of SmackDown with Reigns beat Mysterio, and then we get Charlotte versus Ray Ripley promo, leading to our next match for the Raw Women's Championship: Ray Ripley versus Charlotte Flair. Um, so, <laughs> Jaxy, you're a huge fan of Charlotte. Why don't you tell Slap Match Pod how much you like her and how, how much you've enjoyed this build-up to this uh, Women's Championship match?
1: I mean, yeah, you could you could argue. I suppose people can argue that there's been build-up since WrestleMania about them going at it just one-on-one or whatever but you know i mean yeah i do have a bit of an issue (laughs) with charlotte um always being in the title picture so for me i just felt like again this was another excuse just to have charlotte flair in the title picture because she was she wasn't was she was she she was she wasn't pinned was she before was that her no
3: as yeah it was uh, was, um, a pinned asuka Yeah. To keep the championship. So So that was our argument. Yeah. So
1: I think, yeah, this is where the argument came from, which again, to me, was a real pointless reason as to why they should be facing off against each other again. Um, And I know that they were kind of bringing up things about how Rhea lost the NXT title to her and she wanted to, like, sort of pay her back for that. But it's kind of for me, it was kind of like blah, blah, blah. Um, So, yeah, I wasn't overall hyped for this match I don't really feel like there was that much of a story going into it but then again I also felt like it it was like purposely done that way because the whole main story of it was oh well I wasn't pinned at my WrestleMania
0: I mean it's difficult isn't it because you know Charlotte is the one that gets opportunities but as you say she always delivers in in, in kind of big matches as well I mean Simon what's your thoughts on, on Charlotte is it a case of just like the John Cena of
2: the women's division? <laughs> I, I think I'm probably somewhere between uh, between the two of you. So I I do agree it's um, quite annoying, and I, I'm sure it would be for the the other women on the roster that Charlotte is constantly around the title picture. But as you say, um, she doesn't have particularly bad matches ever, really, does she? So there's a re- there's probably a reason for it. Um, I I am very interested to see it, to see what's going to happen with Andrada moving across to AEW. How She's going to react um, to to that um, in a few months' time. Um, I can see Charlotte moving moving across and almost WWE having to really break the bank to try and keep her.
0: Well, uh, Charlotte made some interesting comments about Andrea leaving. She said, "Oh, I'm really happy that he's gone to kind of learn English and you know he's got the conferences, go out and try other things." And of course, maybe you know he'll come back at a certain point. And I think with WWE, like Charlotte, is there. Biggest star they've got. I mean, Becky Lynch on Ronda Rousey, but they kind of put the bank in. I'd be very surprised if uh, they they let her slip away. But then again, it would be good because of course Ric Flair was known to
3: jump ship at a point during the time. So maybe it's it's written in the stars. Ric Flair also went out of WWE. He just said, by the way, one of the greatest televised matches of all time against Mr. Perfect with the loser leaves Raw match. One of my favorites of all time. That one. You well, and- Perfect.
0: Well, I'll tell you what was uh, not, maybe not perfect, but quite good was the Ray Ripley-Charlotte Flair match. So we're going to get right into it. We see Flair cheaply using the women's title belt before the, the bell to distract Ripley. Usually you would hit the opponent over the head with it, but instead just threw it in her general direction, which I suppose pissed her off anyway. Um, she targeted the knee of, of Ripley uh, and absorbed every burst of offense and Nightmare Mustard. Natural selection couldn't get the job done. Neither could a picture-perfect stand in Moonsault. Ripley fought back low. The Riptide was hit, but too close to the ropes. The Green Court were a drop kit to the knee that sent it to the ring steps. Spearing a figure four followed, but the champ fought the pain. The Nightmare used a piece of the announce table. Yes, a piece of the announce table to blast Flair, drawing a disqualification. I mean, a DQ for that. I mean, come on. And afterwards, Ripley and Flair returned to the ring and fault. Ripley put Flair down with a Riptide finisher. Ripley limped the ringside, got a belt. And headed up the stage. She turned and told Flair she was only doing what Flair did to her. Chris, what were your thoughts
3: on the match and the uh, post-match shenanigans? The, the the actual match itself, really enjoyed it. As as you say, you don't get a bad Charlotte Flair match. She's there for a reason. Even though I agree with Rock that it annoys me how much she she's around the main title picture, but that's be as it is. She's still great in the ring it's just more the finish that annoyed me there because are we really setting up that she's got that frustrated and she's having to use the announce table and getting herself disqualified out of sheer frustration, but going, ah, yeah, it's just what Charlotte Flair would do. It's just the laziest kind of writing to justify the fact that the ending makes no sense and they don't know what they're doing with this feud at the moment. I would completely
0: agree. Like I say, it's, of course we need another match. You know, that's what they're thinking. Like, we need another four weeks of build-up. Is exactly what we've seen uh, before. Uh, but it was good until the finish. And it's crazy, Ripley is only 24. Um, Jackson, what were your thoughts? Because, I, like I said, Charlotte, is, it was a great performance by both women, though, wasn't it?
1: It really was. I, I mean, I have to openly say, you know, I, I really enjoyed the match itself. I thought it was really good. Um again, they're really disappointed in the ending. And I'm more disappointed because... How how many times do we see people get power <laughs> into into <laughs> into that announcer's desk or or stunnered on top of it? And now Rhea just flipped a, a piece of it. That's just the top part at Charlotte, and she got DQ'd for it. Oh come on, fuck off. <laughs> Come on I'm sorry That is exactly That was my response to, to watching the ending of that match It was just Oh fuck off That is like the laziest writing ever I can't even take it It's ridiculous I'm sorry But I'm pretty um... sure That Seth Rollins Or Seth Rollins Was parabombed Into the announcers desk Just before or something I just I can't
3: I, like that. I hope that I hope they push it To its logical conclusion Like when you had in WCW Where you got disqualified For throwing someone Over the top rope I'm hoping just a closed fist, a closed line, no, that's too high, disqualification, you're going to really, really hurt someone in some one of these days. <laughs> anything, anything slightly dangerous, anything that isn't an open hand slap or a grapple, check them out, disqualify.
1: Yeah, that's, that's the how cl- it should be, really, because that's the only way they can really make up for the fact that Rhea Ripley got d- disqualified for this.
0: With uh, commentators with Pat McAfee overselling it, going, Oh my God, he just punched him. Like, you know, like, just massive. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So, Simon, what were your thoughts and what's your score out of five for the match?
2: Really enjoyed it. As we've, I've got nothing to add about the finish because you've covered it perfectly. The only thing that slightly annoys me is they, they really built this up as um, the sort of them clashing and finally coming together. And they've almost sold it as this is the the defining match, but then there's clearly going to be another one because of that. Um, so I've given it three stars. It would have been higher, but for the finish. great Chris, what are you going to score that match at five?
3: Yeah, I completely agree with Si there. As I said, I'd have given it if it hadn't been for that finish. You would have got three and a half, but that finish happens, so it's got a three from me, Jaxie
1: yeah, I'm. I'm. I was really harsh on this one. Um, I it really disappointed me with how things went down um, from the match uh, at the end of the match. So I'm. I gave it a two point five. Yeah. Yep. Well, I gave it's it. A not f- a one. <laughs> no.
0: Hey, hey, we don't we don't <laughs> throw shade in predictions like you know, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> um, i because my score. You're gonna go like, what the fuck? Uh, three and three quarters out of five for me because. It just it worked, and Charlotte is a top level performer. Ripley is. They just need to sort out the finishes, and, and it will be fine. Like it's fine.
1: It's fine. We, we, we determined. was was this meant to be like some sort of hill turn, and hill and face turn, or is what? is that what the, they he were at that there was going
0: to be Ripley's been straddling that line for a, a, she turned heel when she went to face Oscar at Mania and then kind of been in this no man land now or no woman land sorry uh, you know of this kind of not sure if mm. she's a heel or face and all we've learned about her is that she's a nightmare you know and it's like we kind <laughs> of need to develop it a little bit more you know motivations and stuff like at least with Charlotte we know what motivates her you know, and, and I think this is the thing sometimes where I think I mean, w- Charlotte does that. what
1: Charlotte wants. It's not
0: just that she's a queen, mm. she's got the family legacy to live up to, do you know what I mean? You know, and, and stuff like that. Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: Uh, whereas for Ripley, yeah. I just feel. I, I mean, just th-
1: don't, yeah, like I said, I just don't know if I was particularly interested in seeing like a. a another match between them, but we, we know we're going to get it now.
0: Uh, what annoyed me was that we saw a GIF was posted to Twitter that showed Flair missing a handful of kicks for the caption from woo to whoops, an embarrassing display from the side champion. And uh, what the user may, and uh, many others didn't really realise however, is that the missed kicks were a direct jab at Ripley when she left Crawling away anyway. And it was just in fact Charlotte mocking her, which... Again, I'm not going to have a go at the base audience of the listeners and the people on Twitter, but this really does piss me off sometimes, where you'd rather just try and have a go rather than actually kind of watching the product. Do you know what I mean? Yeah,
1: don't don't I, listen well, to our I podcast. I didn't know about that. <laughs> I, I really didn't see it. I didn't see that GIF at all, so I don't really know what to say about that.
0: Yeah, there's a couple of things. Um, We're going to get into the mystery hand in the main event as well. So there was uh, a couple of things like that. Uh, Prediction-wise, we both went Ripley. um, So it's for free. Locked again, but it could all change in the main event. We just don't know. Poll-wise, Ripley, 68%. (laughs) And then the main event, Bobby Lashley versus Drew McIntyre in a Hell in a Cell match for the WWE Championship. McIntyre can't challenge Lashley for the title again if he loses. Um, Chris, I'll go to you. What have you thought of Bobby Lashley and Drew McIntyre? I've got to tell you, I was heartbroken. I mean, Jack will tell you, I was heartbroken at WrestleMania when Drew lost.
3: Yeah, I I really didn't see it coming. I I thought he was going to do it, keep it going. But, I, you know what? Fair play there, taking a punt on Lashley. And at the moment, he's with beef by his side. He's doing a decent enough job. It's, we know he's not the best talker, um, but we know he can do it in the ring is a big powerful guy who doesn't want to see him throwing people around the ring at various points and as long as we've got mvp there being his mouthpiece and actually keeping us interested in anything lashley does then i'm okay with him for the moment
0: Yeah, I mean, the thing is with Bobby and Drew, they just click. And I don't think the main event was any different. Watching them throw each other around is a joy, especially how big they are. You know, you talk about two big guys fighting. That's what you want to see. You know, it's the opposite of Goldberg and Lesnar at WrestleMania 20. Again, like not bringing that event up, but it's what we kind of want and what we had at that point. Um, And then weapons were introduced. And I was going to ask you guys, because obviously, you know, you look at different match types. Do we need weapons in every cell match? Surely the gimmick... Is a Hell in a Cell match, or do you need it because it is hell? I mean, what are, you, what are your guys' thoughts?
2: Simon, what about you? Do you think we need it? I'm glad you mentioned it because it, it, it almost feels like a Hell in a Cell is an excuse now to have a hardcore match. It, they should be different things. You don't necessarily need to have weapons just because it's a Cell match. It should be its own thing. So, yeah, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned it. I guess the reason they do it is because they're not going to have people thrown... Um, have people bleeding or thrown off or through the cell in the same way as you had years ago?
3: It depends how they use them. If they use the Torment, then they can really add to it. Let's, it was the Orton Jeff Hardy yes. screwdriver yeah. one where he has it It is oh, where he has God, it for the yeah. ear piercing. There's absolutely nothing to Hardy because it's all cartilage. You don't feel it. Felt a bit. Well, Hardy hasn't felt a thing for 20 years, but that's not... <laughs> but. Uh, It just adds to it because it's not weapons for weapons sake. It's something that's really gnarly and torments him, adding to that hell in a cell kind of thing. If they do it that way, it adds a lot. But yeah, just using it as an excuse to throw a hardcore match in there is serving nobody well.
0: No, I mean, and I wonder how much time, and I obviously watching the England game yesterday, and they always say in the game of football that the, uh, it's, the ball's in play 60 minutes out of the 90. And I wonder how much time in a wrestling match, I nearly did it with my stopwatch, of how much time is taken going underneath the ring. And I don't care if they go straight to the spot because obviously they've planned it before, but getting a chair or throwing a chair, setting up a table, setting up a ladder, it must be like, you know, 10 minutes out of the entire match, just recon—you know, construction of stuff and everything like that. Um, yeah, you know,
3: <laughs> it's the thing, you go, oh, you're going to come back to that later, then you've just set it up. Like... <laughs> I was going to say, you should listen to our Jeff Hardy Abyss TNA Tales, Ladders and Chairs match. TLC match. TLC match, when there is no time planning setting anything up. <laughs> <laughs> like...
0: <laughs> I always enjoy like the full metal mayhem, because they made the excuse just to... It's lit- it's a literal thing, shit at a wall, and seeing what sticks.
3: You know? <laughs> <Like that. laughs>
0: Anyway, we get on to the main event and we see the All Might utilize MVP's walking cane as a weapon while McIntyre shook off his effects and delivered a spine shatter and an air raid crash on the ring steps. And the cut or mark on arm of. Uh, Bobby looked actually really, really nasty. And then we see the Scott followed with a reverse Alabama slam, driving his opponent face first into a steel chair. Now, I don't care if, even if you don't like WWE. If you can't take joy in watching a man Bobby Lashley size getting Alabama slammed into a steel chair face first, then you ain't a wrestling fan. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> um, he escaped a desperate hurtlock attempt and downed the champ for a two count. Lashley answered by shoving the stairs in the challenge, which drove him into the cage, looking like a Terminator just squashing his face up against that cage wall. Uh, Lashley then took control, we got a payback from the chair from earlier, always like that in matches where you see someone get hit with a kendo stick or a chair, you know it's coming back to them as well, get a referee bump of course, because it's head in the cell uh, and then they are the door <laughs> entering the structure only for MVP to follow and break up a pinful attempt after a claymore but now locked in a cage with a vengeful babyface, yet a claymore kick of his own drew reversed a hurt lock by sending both men back through a table, Lashley then chokes down McIntyre from the April apron for a table at ringside. Mystery hand popped up, more of that in a second, and then MVP popped up later in the match, holding McIntyre by the foot, allowing Lashley to score a cheap, yes, win. <laughs> so, <laughs> thoughts on that. Um, Jaxie, what did you think of the main event that held in the Cell?
1: I mean, I was really excited for it. I I, I enjoyed both uh, Bobby Lashley and Drew McIntyre in the ring, um, and I just thought, you know, it, if you're going to put anyone in to a Hell in a Cell with Bobby Lashley, Drew McIntyre was the right way to go. So I was really looking forward to this. And I think overall, the match itself was was really great. Both men took some real brutal uh, bumps uh, that really did kind of have you wincing. Um, yeah, the, again, I don't really want to be a stickler because I do think that when roll-up pins are done right, that they're, they're really great. They build such great tension because you just think, oh, that wasn't meant to happen. But, oh, my gosh, two roll-up pins in a, in this pay-per-view. It really had me pissed off, I've got to admit. The likes of Bobby Lashley rolling up, Drew McIntyre, these two big men that were giving it their all in the ring and you just ended it in a roll-up pin. I was so disappointed.
2: But yeah, don't... Especially when you've got the DQ finish as well.
1: Exactly. Straight before that was the DQ finish.
2: But it's, this
0: is the problem of not having finishes properly rather than DQ. Yeah. But I think with, with McIntyre, it's like... If he'd have lost clean, like he did at Mania, then he's kind of, that's him, done, done. At least now he can still say, oh, you know. Yeah, but he was supposed like to be this.
1: done anyway. He was supposed to be done anyway because he's not allowed to uh, sort of uh, go for that belt again whilst Bobby Lashley has it. So there was no need for them to do it as a roll-up pin.
0: But I feel like we with John Cena or someone like that, you know, how many clean pinfalls to the take, you know, and I think with McIntyre maybe with that. Like I said, the climb for McIntyre starts again. Why the fuck did he pick a Hell in the Cell match when he lost his W Championship in a Hell in the Cell match? I will never <laughs> understand it. Like, I, I don't understand. Um, Simon, what did you think of, of the match and everything that happened? And do you think it was the right result? Cause, you know, I could argue.
2: Um, I really enjoyed the match. Before. I thought Drew dominated more than I was anticipating. I thought it was going to be more evenly booked and I guess that makes sense um if you're gonna do a, a roll up finish. But it was so impressive to see a man Bobby Lashley's size being thrown around the ring like belly to belly suplexed overhead and that sort of thing. That, that was very impressive. Um the roll up sort of protects Drew. Um but if if he's now not going to be able to to face um to face Bobby Lashley for the title, um where is he what what's next for him. What I actually predict is that he's probably going to get, because um, there is talk of the draft going to be around SummerSlam. So I think what's going to happen is he's going to be drafted to SmackDown and then um, going to feud with Reigns, um, partly because of the fact that Reigns is slowly running out of um, top guys That's to go through nice on SmackDown, but, but also they clicked together so well when they had the Survivor Series match, champion versus champion.
1: Um, okay, no, I uh, would actually I be happy with yeah, them, but I happy right 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 yeah. between them.
0: I can understand it, but for me personally, it's like I want McIntyre to kind of do well again. I think the backlash, if he goes against Reigns and they decide McIntyre's going to be the guy that beats Roman, there's going to be a lot of people go, oh, McIntyre getting another chance, but it could have been Biggie. It could have been, you know, Kevin Owens. It could have been. Yeah, but I
1: don't feel like that could. I feel like he still needs to be given that chance because he kind of got it during the pandemic, and I don't feel like anyone was satisfied for. Drew McIntyre at that point when, because, of you know, he should have been able to have won it in front of a real crowd.
3: When's the el- <laughs> when's el- when's Elimination Chamber coming up? Coming up soon. So, yeah, they've changed it this year, haven't they?
1: Yeah, they did because it used to be before WrestleMania now.
3: Yeah, used to be. Yeah, cause it used to re- obviously because it ran it, The Undertaker. Michael's ran through Elimination Chamber to set that up. But as I say, if there's a stipulation with McIntyre not able to face Lashley while he's champion... Well, what happens if McIntyre does win Elimination Chamber? There's your nice little segue and excuse to be able to get him to actually have that match again against
2: Lashley. Or or what happens if he wins the money at the bank? um, Like The the next pay-per-view, you've got two contracting um, contracts. Mm, The other thing I just... I I forgot to mention it in the build-up to the match, but what didn't really make much sense was... So, Kofi um, Kofi and Drew... Uh, was a one-on-one match to decide the number one contender. So why was there then a negotiation around, well, if you, uh, if you lose, you never get another shot? Uh, it didn't make much sort of storyline sense when they already had a, a one-on-one match. And then the only yeah. other thing to mention about Bobby Lashley is I'll never get fully behind him because he'll always be the man that sided with Donald Trump to make Vince McMahon shave his hair. <laughs>
3: right.
2: Okay, a couple of things about that. First
0: off, with the, the story on Raw with the, the contract signing was the fact that Lashley um, wanted McIntyre this to be his last opportunity. Even though he had the opportunity, he wouldn't have signed the contract without it, which again, unless you're watching three hours of Raw, they're not going to kind of bring that back up either, you know? Uh, but mm. I, I just feel with like McIntyre, I'm worried that he's not on Roman Reigns' level. i seen this with wrestlers in the past where if you don't get that tight opportunity again, or, you keep losing then you're just going to be dropped down it'd be like oh you okay you're a kind of hill mid-carder and next year at Wrestlemania it's going to be Bobby Lashley and Drew McIntyre for the United States Championship you know
1: yeah I, I, I think
0: they have built Bobby Lashley up as a main event talent and I think this year with WWE I think they deserve a little bit of credit because you look at where he was at the start year till now and I think he's a guy that can be mixing at the main event for years to come
1: definitely agree with that
0: so, anyway, talk about Mystery Hand. And WWE took some heat from fans on social media, of course, because you saw a hand uh, from a crew member hiding, who was hiding under the ring and he was caught on camera during the Hell in the cell. Uh, he was coming to uh, after the choke slam off the apron. Uh, we see him kind of put the table in the way because McIntyre landed on a crash pad instead of a tap. Uh, and a lot of people uh, have had a problem with this, but. We've seen it before in other wrestling companies. Uh, And while McIntyre may have taken a softer bump, you look at the pictures that he took of his battle wounds um, during the hurl in the cell. It was crazy. Did anybody else see the mystery hand? And did it piss anybody else off as much as it did everybody else
2: on Twitter?
3: I I didn't didn't see see it,
2: (laughs) (laughs) hand. I I saw it, but only because I'd seen um, things about it on Twitter before. Um, so I was sort of looking out for it as the spot happened. But it's obvious. They're setting up the new Raw, um, raw Anonymous GM, right? <laughs>
3: <laughs>
2: it's going to be the thing for Madden's oh Family. Gosh, no.
3: <laughs> oh, my gosh. It's that hand of my young gay birth to its back. <laughs> no. <laughs> and this time it's no. personal.
1: <laughs> Alexa Bliss like, used her dark powers to resurrect it.
3: Uh, <laughs> so, so, yeah, there's a re- I often wonder why we're not booking WWE programming, but maybe that's uh, for the best.
0: Take my money. That's all I'm saying. All right, so scores for the main event. Chris, what are you going to score
2: out of five?
3: I am giving it a very solid three and a half.
2: Solomon? So if if it was a clean finish, I think this would have been um, higher, but I've given it four stars. Jaxie?
1: Yeah, I gave it a 3.5 because of that. Yeah, but I mean, the match itself, it was really good up until that roll up pin.
0: I don't care about the roll-up pinners, but I gave it a four and a half out of five.
1: I do. I do. I know you do. That's the whole point. I feel like they've overused it. I feel like they've overused it. I really would actually be behind some of these bigger win, uh, bigger people winning it. As they said with Seth, even um, you know, using that type of tactic. If it wasn't so so frequently used, that's my only. I
0: think it'd be fair to say. Uh, so we look back on Helena Cell. and of course, prediction-wise for that, we both went lastly for final scores, uh, five-four to the WNR, and hopefully next time uh, we ever do it. It could be a fair fight, maybe, between us and Select Match Pod. Uh, poll-wise, <laughs> Lashley, 61% of the vote. So before we get our overall scores, um, our main or match of the nights. Now, I've got all the scores in front of me. So my match of the night was obviously the main event. The same with you, Simon, as well. Uh, Jaxie, your match was Belair versus Bayley. Are you happy with that?
1: Yep, that's definitely what I would stick with.
0: And Chris, you've got two scores, the main event and the Blair. So which one are you going to pick out the two for your match of the night?
3: Uh, I think Bailey Belair it was my match of the night. I think that would be fair to say. Another thing
0: we do uh, as well now is MVP, who was the, the best person or who's impressed you most throughout the night. Uh, and I've got to say Sami Zayn because in that, that matchup, the way he was moving... And he can play, and I didn't really mention it then, but the face he was in NXT compared to this piece of shit hill he is now is it is completely different, and not many wrestlers can do that. And he can still fly and still be annoying, and so he's my MVP, Jackson. Who you going to give it to?
1: Um, I'm gonna. uh, Do you know what? I'm gonna give it to um, Drew McIntyre. I feel like he took he took quite a few big spots from from Bobby in that match that looked really, really painful. Um, so I'm going to give that to him. And I also feel like he was done dirty on that roll at pin. I, so I feel like he he worked really hard for that match still. Um, so I'm going to go with Drew.
2: Fair
0: enough. Simon, what, who's your MVP? Who pressed you most tonight?
2: So very similar. Um, I'm going to go Bobby for Bobby Lashley for almost exactly the same reasons. Because <laughs> I... Clearly, Bobby Lashley is an, an incredibly um, incredibly talented athlete. One thing that I have had question marks about him in the past around is how good is he at selling, which is clearly an important part of being a, a, a top star, um, a top wrestler. And I thought he sold for Drew really well here. So I'm going to go with Bobby Lashley as MVP. Although, the, um, obviously, a shout out to the hand. And-
3: well, without <laughs> a shadow of a doubt. Chris, who's your MVP? In a throwback to last year's Hell and Cell, Bailey is my MVP again. So we've had a couple of Hell in Cell <laughs> matches with her now. And she's done nothing but look absolutely top notch in both of them. She for her heel work is among the best in the company for the last couple of years. Yeah, so okay. she again that. she still gets my vote again for telling Michael Cole to shut up as well. So <laughs> that's bonus point. Yeah. yeah, I would completely agree with that. Right. So now we've got overall rating.
0: Uh, we'll, Chris, we'll, we'll, I finished with you just a second ago, so I'll start again. What was your score out of 10 for this entire pay-per-view?
3: Out of 10, I am giving it a six. I think a six and a half, I think, is a fair rating. I say I wasn't any point bored during it, but everything felt a bit not directionless or without any kind of great stakes. So, yeah, six and a half, I think, is about right. Well,
2: fair enough. Simon, what are you going to score it? Um, so, I, th- I really enjoyed it. I, um... It did, did really feel like a bit of ab a pay per view though, with things like uh, cut into the panel part way through the show, um, so many ad breaks, um, not having Reigns and Mysterio on the cards. Um, but I, I still I, none of the matches I thought were particularly bad, um, like bad or boring. But uh, so I'm going I'm slightly torn. I'm gonna go seven, I think. And see what are you gonna score it?
1: Yeah um I have to agree with both the comments um so I think overall I'm going to give it a 6.5 and I feel like it would have been higher if if it wasn't for the the really odd dq finish and and the roll, and the roll up pin finishes for for two matches on a pay-per-view um, I feel like that's what also could have made it more of a, like a B type pay-per-view because of those finishers and we need to just kind of established finishers
0: again. I, I think the thing is with a pay-per-view, especially with a show, if you're going to spend money or not, is what did you miss? If you didn't watch it live or you didn't catch up on it, what have you missed? And the, the, the nice answer would be not a lot, uh, really, on this, you know, because it's built up towards rematches, mm. basically. Uh, yes, Lashley got the kind of victory, but as you said, it kind of didn't pay off anyway. I'm still going to give it an eight and a quarter, because there are, and I think my basis of the 10 rating as well, compared to maybe other people, is there is complete shit out there and I think this is a lot better than maybe um, I, you know I'm going to give it credit for what it is because like I said I was in the entertain for three hours uh, the matches were good there was nothing I was kind of offended with anyway so I think that's fair enough for us all uh, finally we asked everybody on Twitter what their scores or not their scores even or what they thought and how they graded it um, awesome, uh, great got 8%, awesome got 12%, good got 28%, and okay 52%, so it was an okay pay-per-view in the end, and I think with our four scores, that kind of um, sums it all up, so that is it the end of the Thunder Zone, and the end of the show, and don't forget, of course, all social media, Twitter, at the WNR Podcast I'm at the WNRJR, we have been joined by the fantastic Chris and Simon for the Select, select Match Pod now, plug away, sons. so if you want whatever you got, do it now
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah so obviously we're on a, we, our own podcast is across all platforms, Spotify, iTunes the whole deal, we've just finished our TLC series um, we could have guessed what the best TLC match of all time was going to be before we started it was still TLC <laughs> 2, amazing um, and we're about to start our elimination chamber um, matches, uh, do you two guys want to pick a, a, your favourites and we'll, we'll see if we can squeeze it into the uh, into the series?
1: Um of elimination chamber matches. Oh gosh! Do you yeah. know what? I'm going to actually go with the with the match where Shayna Baszler just dominated. I'm just going to go with that one off the top of my head. My
0: my That's favorite. Sorry, my favorite chamber event, as it was, and I don't think I think it was 2009 because Edge walked in as I think uh, WWE champion and in the first chamber match, and walked out. Oh, just when he swapped titles. Yeah, he walked out in the World Heavyweight title at the end of the show, which again, Yeah, that was a big one. It's so clever when you think about, oh God, they actually, you know, the show made sense as a whole, and I don't think WWE do that a lot nowadays.
1: Yeah. Actually, do you know what? Can I change mine? I'd actually say when um, the Elimination (laughs) Chamber for for the female tag titles, because that was like a really good moment for, you know, a lot of females out there that wanted to see these belts made.
2: Very good. Well, listen to the episode, and we'll we'll get them covered. Um, and awesome. obviously, as well, we're on across um, <laughs> we're across uh, social media, Twitter at MatchPod. Same for Instagram. We have started doing more on Instagram um, rather than Twitter at the moment, um, just to mix things up, really. But yeah, come come and say hello, um, and tell us how how right we are about most things, apart from Chris making predictions on pay per views. <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: it's up in our heart. I won't... And Instagram, across all Google platforms, send us an email to podcast at gmail dot com and YouTube Dumbledore Podcast with all the latest clips and podcasts at the same time when YouTube is to do SoundCloud on your phone. Jaxi, do you want to tell people where you're available?
1: Yep, and I'm across Twitter and Instagram at Scarlett.
0: Yeah, fantastic. You can listen to Jaxi with uh, myself on every WWE pay-per-view that we do as well. And, of course, next time Jackson will join us will be for Money in a Bank, uh, which will next month. We're also on Spotify and iTunes, where you can download, subscribe, break, and review there. So that is it. Next episode of the WNR is catching up with Impact Wrestling with the WNR, Dan. Uh, and the next one with Slept Match Pod. Well, I think we'll definitely do a Halloween one because that's written in the stars, really, isn't it? To do that. But also, mm-hmm. I was thinking... About having a SummerSlam party, maybe like a kind of pre-show or kind of build up to it, and try to invite everybody that's kind of been on the show to get everybody's opinion. I don't know what you guys think. Yeah, I'm sure, sure. I think that works
2: as well. Saturday
3: night. Yeah, we'll be we'll be available. I'm sure we can. We love a party. We'll be about.
2: About <laughs> <laughs> well, that. Well, like
0: I said, thank you very much, guys, for being on. It's it's uh it's a pleasure. Like I said, we shouldn't wait so long uh to to do this again but thank you very much for joining me and again jack C., fantastic um always a pleasure never a chore with you as well you know that
1: thank you very much it's always fun coming on here it was great to meet you that match, Bob.
0: yeah uh, i like to say anybody listening as well like i said might be a few audio issues but this is the first time uh, that we in doing this and plus i'm the old man when it comes to technology as well uh, but that is it like i said you have been listening to the slept match podcast Jaxie star scarlet i have been james rowlands thanks for listening everybody and bye <music>